Take your Bibles and turn with me, Joshua chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4. If you would please stand for the reign of God's Word if you're able to. We've been preaching in a series that we've titled, For His Name's Sake, Joshua chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4. We're going to begin reading in verse 1. It says, And it came to pass, when all the people were clean passed over Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe a man, and command ye them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of the Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones, and ye shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. Then Joshua called the twelve men, whom he had prepared of the children of Israel, out of every tribe a man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan, and take ye up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that it may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in the time to come, saying, What mean ye these stones? Then ye shall answer them, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord, when it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so as Joshua commanded, and took up twelve stones out of the midst of Jordan, as the Lord spake unto Joshua according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them unto the place where they lodged, and laid them down there. And Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of Jordan. In a place where the feet of the priest were, or in the place of the feet of the priest, which bear the ark of the covenant, stood, and they are there unto this day. Look back at verse seven here. It says, "Then ye shall answer them that the waters of Jordan be cut off from before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for memorial unto the children of Israel forever." I'd like to preach a message I've titled, Remembering for His Name's Sake. And let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning. And Lord, we thank you for the Word of God and how that it guides us and directs us. And Lord, how it shines back and brings to mind the things of God. Lord, I pray that this morning that you would challenge our hearts. Lord, we're leaving this year, 2020, behind very soon if you're tearing. And Lord, we're moving into a new year. And Lord, yes, there's been difficult times, but there's been also victories. There's been people saved. There's been answer to prayer. There's been different things that's taken place. There's been Christians who have grown in the Lord. There's been struggles. There's been difficulties. But Lord, I pray that you would help us, Lord, that we might stand strong. Lord, my greatest fear is, is that we would forget the hand of God. And Lord, I pray now that you would strengthen us, help us to live for you, help us to magnify you, help us to glorify you. And Lord, we want to give you honor and glory this morning. Lord, we pray that if there is someone in this auditorium that doesn't know Christ as their Savior, that Lord, that they would come and receive you as their Savior today before it's eternally too late. But Lord, I pray that every Christian here and those watching, Lord, by live stream would be challenged, would be encouraged, would be strengthened. Lord, we have several who watch weekly, Lord, and I pray that you just meet the needs that they have, watch over them, guide them. Be with the needs, Lord. We do pray for Brother Doug, Lord, and others who are facing sickness and health issues and things going on, Lord, just touch their bodies, raise them up, and we'll give you the honor and glory, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Be seated. 
Children of Israel had just seen the hand of God divide the waters of Jordan. Of course, they, these that are crossing over, who had crossed over Jordan, were children when they crossed over the Red Sea. When God had parted the Red Sea and their parents and them came out and they crossed that over, uh, over the, on dry ground onto the other side, but then they wandered for 40 years in the wilderness because they wouldn't go in and claim the promised land and take what God had given them. Now we see that they have, have passed on. Now here are the children who were raised by them and they're preparing to go into the promised land and so God divides the river Jordan for them. They go across River Jordan and, and on dry ground again as the Lord has parted the, the, the Jordan River for them. But now the Lord says, listen. He said, I want you to go. He said, I want you to pick out 12 men, one from every tribe, every one, one from every uh, the twive, tribe, I can't even say it, 12 tribes of Israel. I want them to go out into where the priests are standing, holding the Ark of the Covenant. And I want them to pick up the rock, a rock each, uh, and apparently he wanted a large rock because he said, carry it out on their shoulder. So they was to pick up the rock and carry it out. And they brought it out of, of the Jordan River uh, bed. And they laid it down on the other side where they was going to stay. God had a plan for those rocks. He wanted them to build a pillar there. He wanted them to build a, uh, a stack of stones, you might say, that would, that would remind people that God had opened up the Jordan River and brought them over on dry ground. He knew that one day that all their children and their children's children and their children's children would forget God. And so he says, I want for my name's sake, he said, I want you to set up this, this uh, 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 memorial there so that when they see that and they ask, what does these stones mean, that you can tell them God brought you over on dry ground. Showing the hand of God. He wants them to set up that pillar there. This was a memorial for his name's sake. Look back, back again at verse 6. That this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in, in time to come, saying, what mean ye these stones? He said, listen, there's going to come a time when your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, your great-great-grandchildren, they're going to see these stones sitting there. And they're going to ask you, what, what's the meaning of these stones? I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, not a, it's not a common thing to go out and just see a, a, a stack of stones somewhere. You wonder why that they're there. You know, there's a lot of things in this life that you wonder. You see it and you say, I wonder why that's there. I wonder what that's supposed to mean. I wonder why they did that. It's just something out of the ordinary. Uh, there's been a lot of these monoliths been popping up around the globe. And you say, monolith? Yeah, most of them are just like a shiny triangle, a tall triangle, you might say, that has been fastened to the ground, and they're popping up in deserts and every other place. And there was one that was, that was like a, a gingerbread one that popped up on the hill around one city. And just all kinds of, and people said, why? Why? No real rhyme or reason that they're popping up. Nobody really knows, but they're popping up here and there. Most of them shiny metal and reflects the sun and stuff like that. And nobody really knows uh, 100% why they're popping up, but they're popping up here and there. But they cause people to ask why. And the Lord said, I want you to stack these stones up there. Because there's coming a day 
when your children could forget me. Can I tell you something? We're living in a day and time that even though we got churches on almost every street corner in our towns and our cities, that people are forgetting God. And they don't know why, why people even go to church and, and even why the, the people uh, 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 wrap their lives up with the Word of God. Well, the Lord said, I want you to do it for my name's sake. Look at verse 7, it says, And then shall ye answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off from before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever, not just for a little while, but forever, that they might remember what God did for them, how He parted the waters for them, how that He lived. There was miracle after miracle. He knew that, there, that they would forget His mighty works of the protection that He gave them in the, in the wilderness, that they would forget what He had done in, in feeding them with manna from heaven. He knew that they would forget that He par, uh, parted the Red Sea. He knew that they would, would forget that He parted the, uh, the Jordan River. He knew that they would forget that He delivered them out of the hand of their enemies as they came into Canaan land and blessed them and, and give them a great land uh, that flowed with milk and honey. He knew that one day they would get to a place that they would just take it for granted and they would forget. So he says, set up these rocks. Set up this memorial for my name's sake so that they'll remember that I've done that. You know, I, I fear that the next generations are forgetting God, the God of heaven, and all that He's done and is doing in our lives that we might have eternal life. Many Christians, many churches are no longer a memorial and a reminder of the Holy God that has brought us through the floods of this world. I think they're forgetting what God's done. And as we move into the new year, I, I fear that as Christians uh, as a whole are, are moving farther and farther away from the memorials that the Lord has placed in our lives for His name's sake. I think we begin to forget what God's done. I think we begin to forget how good God's been to us. Can I tell you something? Yeah, uh, 2020, it's been, it's been, it's been a, a different year. And there's been a lot of things, not just the COVID and not just the, the elections and the rioting, but, I mean, there's been a lot of other things. There's been a lot of families went through health issues and, and lost loved ones. And it just seems like it's been a, 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 a year that's been packed with a lot of uh, of difficulties and struggles and, uh, on every hand. But through it all, but through it all, God's been good. God's been good. But I fear that as we leave this year, 2020 behind us, that we'll forget that God's been good. I fear that as the next generations come along that they're not seeing the memorials. They're not seeing us stand and, 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 place, and place the things of God so that they can remember how good God is and what He's doing. And I, I fear that the next generations will forget who God is. I fear that they'll forget that it's the God of heaven who can save their soul. We're seeing more and more as they begin to, to drift away and to go after the things of this world. You see, the Bible tells us to remove not the memorials or the, old, the landmarks that bear the precious name of our Savior and His desire for us. And the Proverbs 22 and 28 says, remove not the ancient landmark. That ancient landmark is, 
is what Jesus Christ has done for us. Well, I'll tell you what, it, there used to be a time when, when Christians were more vocal and they stood up and they would share what Jesus Christ was doing in their heart and life and share what Jesus Christ had done in their lives. Now you're finding fewer and fewer Christians who are, are, are willing to stand up and say, hey, I want you to know what God's done in my life. I want you to know that I'm saved. I want you to know how He changed my life. I want you to know what He can do for you. I want you to know what He, he saved me from and what He saved me to. And, and boy, it's, it's been a, a wonderful thing knowing Jesus Christ my Savior. We're finding fewer and fewer people who are willing to do that. So all preachers, surely not. When's the last time you told somebody about the time you got saved? Hmm? When's the last time you shared a gospel with somebody? When's the last time you invited somebody to church? You see, what I'm saying is this, that we've got to a place where we're, we're easing away and easing away from those landmarks that God has placed there for His namesake to remind us of His goodness and to remind us of His salvation that we might share it with others. We are building some type of memorial. Every person in this room, you're building some type of memorial for your family, for your children, for your co-workers, for the people who know you, for the people who see you. You are building some type of memorial but does it contain God? What does it contain? When people walk by that memorial one of these days and they look at it, what, what are they going to see? What is it, what's somebody going to say? Well, there's a great hunter. There's a great fisherman. Oh, they, they, were, they were a hard worker. And there's nothing wrong with those things. The greatest of all memorials is what Jesus Christ meant to your life. And oh, how that needs to be shared. We have removed those, those, those landmarks, many of them. He tells us, he says, remove not the ancient landmarks. In Jeremiah 6 and 16, he says, Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways, and see and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. He said, listen, there is a way that will bring blessing to your life. There is a path to follow that will, 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 will help others along the way also. There is a path, there is a way that, that, will, that will bring about great things in your life. And those things, that pathway is a, is a way of God and serving God and living for the Lord and magnifying Him and lifting Him up. You read the rest of that verse. There's one sentence more in that verse. It said, and the people said, we will not walk therein. And that's what's sad today. In most churches, our church is doing well, but in, in a lot of churches, they're not doing so well. They're dying. People are leaving them. People are, are quitting church. I praise the Lord that our church is, is alive and God is blessing and, 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 and all that. But, you know, it's sad when I look at the fact that there's for, for, for what's going on, people, you would think that people would be trying to get into church instead of get out of church. When you begin to look at the atmosphere that's around us and all that's taking place and, and the struggles of 2020, you would think people would be flocking to God. But they're not. Why? I'll tell you why. They don't see the memorials. 
anymore. They don't see the hand of God like they like used to. I could go around this room. And there's some like myself that have seen the hand of God move over the years in a powerful, mighty way. Seen souls saved, seen lives changed, seen drunks uh, dried up uh, from their liquor and, and turned to God, seen, seen uh, uh, families put back together, seen people who were on drugs, seen their lives turned around, seen people who, 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 who was known as some of the meanest people in towns and scoundrels, see them get saved and become some of the sweetest people that you'd ever know. Seen the hand of God answer prayer. Seen God heal people, seeing God raise people up from difficulties and struggles, seeing God meet the needs that they have financially and physically, and on goes the list, and we've seen that. And those are memorials, those are, those are those stones that have been laid in place that we remember, but there's more generations coming. What kind of stones are we laying for them? What kind of stone, what kind of memorial are we laying for them? I fear that we're laying back, we, we, we lay back the stones to show them how to make a, a living, but not how to live. I fear the next generations are forgetting God. We're not walking that path. Far too many are drifting from the Word of God, no longer obeying God's Word and seeking it for, to direct their lives. We're now living in a world where even those who profess to be Christians are trying to move God's landmarks and move away from the things of God trying to erase the biblical values and change the foundations upon uh, uh, which we were, are, are, are to build our Christian lives. The scripture says that in Psalms 11, 3 says, If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Satan is busy about chiseling away at the foundation of the things of God. He's busy about trying to cause it to fall and, and, and keep people from turning unto the Lord and, and living for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the reason we're losing our children. It's the reason we're losing our grandchildren to this wicked world. Many of them are turning from God and turning to immorality and the liquor and the drugs and they have forsaken. They've forsaken the Lord. Oh, how they need to see that pillar built that they can turn to and when they ask what it means, we can share with them what, what it means. That it points them to the Lord Himself. We've got young people who are coming out of Christian schools, Christian homes, going off to college and taking uh, 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 religion, sometimes some of these the secular colleges and, and taking uh, classes on religion. And when they get done with those classes on religion, they no longer believe in God. I know of different ones who are raised in Christian schools, Christian homes. They no longer go to church, no longer believe in God, not even sure, or don't, don't, don't have anything to do with God. And, and, and some of them that don't even believe in God anymore. What happened? The foundations are getting destroyed. And we're building the wrong type of memorials with our lives. Our lives are pointing people to something or someone. And we're pointing them to all kinds of things. You see, I think, and, and, and I'm not against this part of it, uh, I think that uh, sometimes Christians have traded, they, they, they think that being a conservative politically replaces being a 
Christian serving God. And it don't. They should both go together. But I fear that we've traded off in many instances. And we have, have moved. And I was reading an article the other day and they was talking about how that it's moving that direction that we've almost taken up some of the politics as our religion and replace living for God with the politics. Now, what I think is that you live for Christ and you keep your politics right. The politics don't replace Christ. Christ is the one that should direct your politics and everything else. It should direct not only that, but it should direct your spending. It should direct your, your attitude towards other people. It should direct your attitude uh, in, in how to, to help people. It should direct our nation in, in, a, in a tremendous way. You go back to our forefathers. That's what directed their politics. You look at our Constitution. It is interwoven with the, the Word of God. The principles of the Word of God. And it directed those men in what they believed that the nation needed. Our nation is moving away from it. I thank God for, for godly Christian uh, uh, politicians who are trying to fight the battle. Man, we need to pray for them. We need to lift them up. I thank Curtis, you know, pray for him, pray for him. And I, I'll text him every once in a while and say, hey, I'm praying for you. And I mean it, I'm praying for him. Because there's a battle. There's a battle. This old world is trying to drift away and trying to get towards the things uh, uh, that no longer uh, uh, stands on the Word of God. We cry, we struggle with the selfishness, the self-serving, the vile, vileness and the lying and the cheating uh, that we see in a lot of the politics of our day that we talk about. And it seems that you know, the Constitution means nothing to a lot of them anymore. And many of them turn and are trying to erase God from every corner of our nation and, the, and, and villainize those who still seek to, to serve the Lord and do right. They try to villainize them. You take uh, politicians who, who are trying to live for God and want to serve God, and, and you got the group that says, oh, man, we want to erase that. Hey, listen, I, I read, a, I read a, a letter that was written to, to uh, uh, the Democrat uh, uh, well, it was written to uh, uh, Joe Biden and, and Kamala Harris trying. They want to do away. They want to do away with your ability to have anything to do with politics. If they have their way, if you have any belief in God or anything, you'll not serve in any portion of government. That is what the letter basically is saying. And they're trying to erase that. He said, oh, it's, uh, preacher, it's, uh, it's just all this uh, uh, liberalism and, and it's all of this, uh, you know, all the, 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 the parties and, and the racism and, and, and other countries and all that. That's who we blame. But let me tell you where the, it really the problem is. You see, the real problem is, is that we've uh, we got to get back to the church for and you got to look back at the church because the church is removing those things which the Lord has given his, us for His namesake. We're the ones that's moved. We're the ones that have removed the landmarks. And it's come back to us and it's coming back to haunt us. Actually, the things which our founding fathers built this great nation on, we've moved away from them even in our churches today. It's the church that's got to get back. All this other stuff will be affected when God's children begin to live for God and begin to serve God and begin to follow the Lord. Righteousness exalteth the nation, but sin is a reproach to any people.
say, preacher, were you preaching this last Sunday on politics? No. I'm preaching this last Sunday on the fact that we as the church and as Christians need to build the memorials for his namesake. We need again lay those. Look at Joshua chapter 4 again there, verse 2 and 3 says, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every, out of every tribe a man. And command ye them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones, and you shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where they shall lodge this night. Then look down verse 6. It says, And this, that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in the time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then you shall answer them, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it passed over Jordan. The waters of Jordan were cut off and these stones shall be a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. You see, it's that we might once again begin to share with our children and our grandchildren the wonderful works of God. There's foundations that are laid in Jesus Christ. But there's some stones that you and I have to lay. The Word of God. That we should live for the Lord and, and serve Him. And that the Word of God should direct our lives. Not man, but the Word of God. There's other stones that should be laid on that foundation. And that is that faithfulness to God. You know, one of the things that's needed today is for Christians to be faithful to the Lord. To serve Him, to live for Him, to magnify His name and to glorify Him. One of the great stones that needs to be laid upon that pillar is that of salvation, that others might know how they can receive Jesus Christ their Savior. When they look at that stone that's been laid in our lives and they look at it and it's solid and they see the strength of it, they say, what is it in your life that, that makes you stand and, and, and you don't fold under the pressure? What is it? You say, it's because I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ and He's the solid rock that I stand on. And they ask, The other stones, there's many of them that we lay. That of the love and the joy of God. That others might see that love that He's shown to us, that we show to others. How can you love somebody that's treated you in such a way, oh my soul, if you knew how wicked I was and how God, His love has been so good to me. And we lay those stones that others might see those things in our, our lives that, that are, are, are a foundation is laid underneath in Jesus Christ. But we build upon that and people begin to see those stones. And when they walk by, if you was to walk by in this room and you didn't, you didn't know why those stones was up there, you walk by, you whatever one you say. What's those stones up there for? Why, why, why are those stones stacked up there? They don't belong there. They belong out there in the, in the flower bed where somebody took them out. <laughs> I 
then somebody might come along and say, you know what? Salvation through Jesus Christ. Let me tell you about it. The Word of God. Let me share it with you. And those stones would be laid there to draw their attention to the fact of that we could, for God's name's sake, that we, for His name's sake, we can point people to Him. Those stones don't represent me and you. Those stones represent the, the God of heaven who loved us and, and gave His Son for us that we might have eternal life. And every time you'd walk by those stones, after you've been told about some of those stones, you'd remember. Well, I remember why those stones were there. I'm, that stone means this. That stone means this. And it would remind you over and over of the goodness of God and what He's done in your life. You see, we need to lay again those stones. We need to lay again. You see, for our children, that they might know our Savior and the wonderful works. I don't want my children not to know how good God's been to me. I want them to know. So I have to lay a stone that when I'm dead and gone, they'll remember when they're going through difficult times and struggles and everything, they walk by and that stone is still there saying, hey, Dad said that in the difficult times, God would be with me, that He would never leave me, that He would never forsake me, that He's a, a prayer-answering God and He cares for me. And it'll help them through. Maybe a little grandkid comes or great grandchild comes by and they don't know Jesus Christ, their Savior. One of my grandchildren, they said, Daddy, what, what's those stones? Oh, you see that stone down there, son? That's to remind us. Your great granddaddy laid that stone to remind us that Jesus loves us and died on the cross for us so that we could be saved. That we could go to heaven one day. He didn't want us to ever forget that. This world will try to keep you from turning your heart and life to Jesus, but He's trying to remind us, to point us to Jesus and point us to God that He wants to save your soul. He loves you so much. That's why that stone's there. One of these days, when people begin to doubt and begin to say all kinds of manner of things against the Word of God, and they already do, and say it's not true, and they already do, you walk them by, and there's, there's a debate about this and that, about that. You see that stack of stones there, and you say, hey, let me remind you. That reminds me, uh, uh, a great, 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 great granddaddy, he said that the Word of God was true, and, and he shared it with us, and, and, and that Word of God is from God Himself. It is an inspired Word of God, and every Every bit of it is true. There is no lie in it and we can trust it and it never changes. Memorial. We got to lay again. You see, and for our Lord and our Savior and for our friends and our neighbors that they might see it and those who we work for they see those stones laid in our lives. They'll say, boy, there's something different. What is it? 
Why is it that you have great joy? Why is it that you, that you read that Bible? Why is it that you go to church? Why is it that? And they see that in your life. Because those stones have been laid. You see, people will look at us and we can point them to our Savior. It's for His namesake that we might share with each of them the wonderful story of our Lord and Savior. Isaiah 26 and verse 8, he says, Yea, in the, in the way of thy judgments, O Lord, have we waited for thee. The desire of our soul is to thy name and to the remembrance of thee. The psalmist wrote in Psalms 111, beginning in verse 1, he says, Praise ye the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. The works of the Lord are great, uh, sought out of all them that have pleasure therein. His work is honorable and glorious, and His righteousness endures forever. He hath made His wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. You see, we again, as Christians, need the, in, in these difficult days, need to stand in the gap for His namesake and for the souls of men. All around us, people are dying without Christ. All around us, people are getting out of church. All around us, people are, are shedding the once stand that they took for the Lord to live for God and going after the world. And they need somebody that is, is solid like a stone and, and who has these, the pillars of God in their lives that people can look to them as a memorial and say, there's something about them. Ezekiel twenty two thirty says, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it. The sad part, he goes, and I found none. You know, when I go to, to vote, and that's why I vote for Curtis and other men like him, I sought for men that would stand in the gap and make up the hedge. And I'm not talking about the hedge of this world. I'm talking about God's hedge. I'm talking about God's hedge. I'm looking for Christians to stand in the gap. I said, I sought for a man among them and he sought and he looked the sad fact is that I found none because everybody was so busy doing their own thing instead of trying to live for God you go over into Isaiah there and you find uh, uh, in Isaiah 6 uh, uh, as Isaiah is speaking there and he says also I heard the voice of the Lord saying whom shall I send who will go for us and Isaiah said then said I here am I send me God's looking for some to lay the stones again so that others can see, so that others can have an understanding and realize that God is still on the throne. He's still alive. He's still in a soul-saving business. He still wants us to live holy and godly lives. He doesn't want us to live like the lost world. He wants us to live a godly and holy life. That's why He laid those stones for His namesake. You see, every stone that is laid, that they laid that day, uh, there outside the Jordan River, was for His namesake. 
And the stones that we should be laying should be for His name's sake that they'll remember Him. Not necessarily us, but remember Him. For His name's sake, the lost need to know of His great salvation and all that Jesus did that they might be saved. They need to know about the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. They need to know that He suffered in their place and He loved them and He came into this world. Oh, we just celebrated His birth. But my friend, He came not to be born necessarily a manger. He came to go to a cross for you and me to take your sin and my sin upon Him to die on that old rugged cross and and rise again the third day that we might have eternal life. Hey, listen, He loved you so much. It doesn't matter how sinful you were. It doesn't matter how wicked you are. He died in your place and my place that we could be saved. For His name's sake, could I get you to once again look at the pillars of stones that have been laid for His name's sake that we might know Him? As I said, His death, His burial, His resurrection, it's a stone that's been laid. His infallible word we hold in our hands this morning, it's... It's a a stone that's been laid. The promises He's given us, these are stones that He's laid. The forgiveness of sin, the protection, the provision of God. The Holy Spirit that dwells within us, it's a stone that has been laid that we might have the comfort of God and the direction of God living and dwelling within us. The joy and fellowship with Him, what a stone that's been laid. The peace of God, a stone that's been laid that you can have peace with the Lord. The presence of God never leaving you or forsaking you. Untold blessings, the stone of God. He's a prayer answering God, a God of all power, an unchanging God, a God of unexplainable love, a a holy God and a caring God, a God of righteousness. As we come into this new year, let us remember. Let's point others to the Lord. Let us get back to the old paths. In Jeremiah 6, 16, he said, Thus saith the Lord, stand you in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein that you, and you shall find rest for your souls. See, these are the last days. And we've got to get back to the things of God. We've got to get back. We might be able to point others to Christ. That they might be saved. And the Christians might be brought back to him. But as I look across this congregation, I'm saying, who's going to lay the stones? And what stone are you going to lay? Every person here, you're laying a stone. But what does that stone represent? Is it just character? Good worker? Good to your neighbor? Or does it point them to God? We need stones that are laid for the Lord. No matter what man man or this world does, we must turn our eyes upon the Lord like we never have before. Folks, I'm telling you, Jesus is getting ready to come back. Jesus is getting ready to come back. Our homes depend upon it. Our churches depend upon it. Our nation depends upon it. Will they see the stones laid in your life for His name's sake? Or will they see, as they walk by your life, see nothing that stirs their hearts to ask, what does that mean? Brian, come here a minute. Grab one of these stones and lay it down there and tell me what your stone you're going to lay.
What's the tone you lay in? Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Thank you. Let's see. Brother Deku, go grab a stone and lay on top of it. Tell me what, what stone you're going to lay. Amen. Brother Jerry, come grab a stone and lay it down there. Tell me what stone you're laying. Trustworthiness. I'm sorry? Trustworthiness. Trustworthiness. Charles, come grab a stone. What are you laying for the Lord? The Word of God. The Word of God. Amen. Curtis, you come lay a stone. What you laying a stone for? Follow the Ten Commandments. The Word of God. Our nation. God's people get back. You see, when they walk by these stones, I hope it touches people's heart and say, what's that? I guarantee if I go downstairs and I grab some of those kids out of downstairs and bring them up here, some of them, your kids, they're going to look at that stack of stones there and they're going to say, what's the stones there for? It's your opportunity to begin to share with them what those stones represent. I could bring somebody from your workplace in here and we could tour the building they walk by in here and they look at that. I guarantee you they're going to say, what's those stones? It's an opportunity to tell somebody that you work with for the namesake of God. You young men, you young ladies, you're also stacking stones. Every one of us. Here's what's sad. Is if somebody would walk by your life and my life and they'd look at it and they'd say, oh, hard worker. And there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, pays your bills. Nothing wrong with that. Good character. But they never see a stone that's for his namesake. This morning, you have a chance to lay some stones for his namesake. And just like it was that very day, before that ark came out of that riverbed, God said, lay the stones. Lay the stones. Before he ever closed up that river back into that riverbed, they laid the stones.
This year's getting ready to close back up. They were starting a new life on the other side. We're starting a new year. For His name's sake, I challenge you, I beg you, to lay some stones. That your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, if God tarries, your neighbors, your workers, your family, that you can just point them and say, it's God's Word. It's faithfulness. On goes. We could keep stacking. We could just keep on stacking them. Following the Word of God. Applying it to our lives for His name's sake. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, we come to You this morning and for your name's sake, Lord, uh, there is that stone of salvation, Lord, that I beg and plead that every person in this room would know about. Lord, if there's one here that doesn't know he's your personal Savior, Lord, may they come and receive you as their Savior, Lord. Let us take the Word of God, which is a stone, a memorial, Lord, that you might be glorified. Lord, I pray that you challenge every mom, every dad, every grandparent in this room, every young person, Lord, that they'd find a place here this morning and lay some stone for this new year. Lord, stones that would be for your name's sake. Help us to turn our hearts to you for this, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with